You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. All right, we are live. Uh, welcome back, you guys, to Sagas and Sass. We've been on a two and a half week hiatus ish, mm-hmm. give or take. So, uh, the last episode we did, um, it was a holiday episode where we read parts of and discussed the best Christmas pageant ever. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I know Jonathan and Nami uh, weren't able to make it due to holiday things, but uh, Nick and I had some guests, uh, Becca and Seth, with us, and it was a blast. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet, definitely check it out. Uh, even, even with the holidays being passed, there's still a lot of fun to be had in uh, the discussion and whatnot, I think. So um, I'm Tara, and today we are going to be talking about the first half of Crooked Kingdom. So we're going to jump right in to our synopsis, once again, provided by the lovely Nick. Um so again, we are talking about Crooked Kingdom. We just started this. We are we read parts uh, one through three, so about half of the book. Uh, and this book should also be known as Lee Bordugo give us gives us all the feels. In case you forgot, Vanek kidnapped kidnapped Enoch at the end of Six of Crows, so we are not okay. The prologue involves someone who we never see again, as usual. Uh, very games of Game of Thronesy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know it's important to set up the plot, so it's okay. A gracious squalor. Well, we actually have seen Venko once before. Come to think of it, he was a side character in the prologue of Six of Crows. Uh, there was like a very short conversation. Oh, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. It was it was very very brief. Um, and honestly, the only reason I remember that is because I, you know, read these again, obviously, so recently back to back. But so this uh, man, Ritvenko, he's a Grisha squalor. He's very surly, but very powerful. Uh, but then he was overpowered and kidnapped by some shoe who also seemed to have special powers. And one of them even has wings. What the what? <laughs> we then immediately get back into action with the crows. As you'll remember, Vanek gave the crows a deadline to deliver Kue Yule Bow to get Enish back. And we picked things up with the deadline fast approaching. The crew is in Club Cumulus planning a small heist. Small. It turns out they're distracting Van Eck's lawyer so that Kaz and Wylan can break into his offices and figure out where Enid is being held. Wylan is still wearing Kuwe's face and Nina is dealing with her paramedrals, so neither is at the top of their game, but they still pull it off. Meanwhile, Enid is being held by Vanek and he's using another Suli to try to get her to talk and spill Kaz's secrets. She tries to escape, but it was all a trap and Vanek tortures her. Luckily, she points out that Kaz won't trade her if she's broken and of no use to him, so Vanek doesn't do any lasting damage. It seems like things are being set up to rescue Enid and Vanek is prepared. But of course, Kaz is a wild bastard and he never planned to rescue Enid that way. He was setting things in place to kidnap Van Eck's pregnant wife, Alice. Van Eck is furious to have been outsmarted. Meanwhile, Jesper's father, Colm, arrives in the city to meet him as the bank is pushing the deadline for the debt that Jesper owes. He still doesn't know that Jesper gambled away all the money his father loaned him. When Jesper goes to meet with Colm, they are attacked but manage to escape. Kaz tells Jesper's father to give them three days to get the money and asks him to wait in a fancy hotel in the city. They arrange a trade with Vanek, Alice for Inej, 
and planned to meet on a bridge in the middle of the city. Kaz has set up contingency plans, but he didn't count on Van Eck involving the city guard. Luckily, Kaz and Nej still managed to evade capture, but as all of this is happening, Shu soldiers show up with superhuman abilities like being bulletproof and having wings, all sorts of crazy shit. Everyone manages to escape, but only after Nina shoots one of them point blank in the eye and Wyland sets it on fire. It is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. The crew meet at their hideout. Kaz reveals his plan to sabotage Van Eck's sugar silos using a chemical weevil, cleverly nicknamed the Weevil by Jesper. <laughs> Doing so will raise the price of sugar, and Kaz had already bought shares in other sugar companies. Kaz has plans on plans on plans. But the Grisha in the group have realized that the Shu are actively hunting all Grisha in the city. And so the rest of the team force Kaz to help the Grisha escape in addition to getting the rest of the team out of the city. The team starts making plans and working on getting everything prepared for destroying Van Eck. Ugh. And that's when we find out that Van Eck has been lying to Wyland. His mother is alive, just in an asylum. Wyland and Jesper find her and Wyland blames himself for his mom being sent away. It's also then that Wyland decides Van Eck is truly evil and should be destroyed. And the knowledge that Kaz can utterly humiliate Van Eck helps Wyland feel a little better. But guess what? Nina and Matthias meet Zoya and Jenya. Oh, damn. And Matthias and Nina make out. Ooh, we'll leave things off there, but things are just getting good. All right. Um, now, this is this book, uh, we, we were kind of all chatting earlier today about how difficult it is to... Um, discuss the first half without spoiling some things from the second half so we're going to be really careful but this episode will probably be a little shorter than usual because again we don't want to spoil uh anybody i mean really i i would assume anybody who's watching this has or listening to it has probably read the book but still we're keeping it to the first half for a reason um so uh really the the main big difference that we kind of get into right away is uh that wyland is now you know an additional point of view character and uh do you guys have any thoughts on this addition at all like has it changed your favorite pov characters anything like that do you like him as a pov character i don't know i love wyland wyland became uh one of if not my favorite character in this book uh so yes is the answer to your question <laughs> i think his pov in this book made it even more obvious how much his pov was missing in the first book especially mm -hmm. because like he has a more unique perspective to everybody else because everybody else is from quote unquote a life of crime whereas Wylan yeah. is like it me rich boy i'm washed please help <laughs> and, oh my gosh and the yeah, well, emotions what well, wasn't that cursed did y'all hate that <laughs> yeah, that was lovely <laughs> uh yeah no and he's he's the the I think that also his POV not being in the first book, um, and not that I didn't like that I disliked Wyland or anything, but I definitely uh, like him a lot more after like ha re reading his point of view, like getting into his head a little bit. Cause he's just seems kind of like this odd, like addition, like, Oh God, he's only there because Kaz knows who he is and, and whatever. But it turns out like he actually is, uh, more useful and and has you know a lot of good insight that you know you don't really get to see a lot of in the first book mm -hmm. yeah up until now it was just like ah yes the glorified explodey bait <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I don't know, like if it, I don't know if it like necessarily changed any sort of order other than like Wyland kind of being inserted and in, like, like he's, I, I like him as a POV character better than Matthias, obviously. And Jesper probably, uh, you know, I, I probably possibly better than Enoch a little bit. Uh, but they, they, they also have a lot of similarities in, in terms of her kind of being so, uh, I don't know, just, just, kind of goody you know and and wyland isn't necessarily like that but he's 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 got the naivete that she doesn't have so it's they're still kind of on that same level in my opinion he also uh, and i just noticed this when i was going back through stuff today uh he has some of the longest chapters oh that's interesting interesting i did not notice that which i guess goes to show that I did enjoy his POVs because they didn't feel like the chapters didn't feel draggy or long compared to No, no. I always whenever I get to a Matthias chapter, I just sort of sigh. <laughs> yeah, they, they were probably longer because since he wasn't in the first book, they had fewer chapters to get his pre-book uh, trauma and life story into the into the story. Yeah, right. yeah, that's kind of yeah. playing playing a little bit of catch up for sure. Um, yeah. but I, I don't know. I kind of liked that. So, some of the uh, the backstory for the other characters felt a little bit dragged out, um, like like between the two books. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you mm -hmm. couldn't have told us this in the last book. Come on. <laughs> um. But I mean, I mean, it's continuing on with Wyland, even though this kind of jumps ahead to like the end of what we read. Uh, the um, it, like his his mom still being alive, like that sort that reveal was like whoa. <laughs> that, that got yeah, I'll give I'll give that one not prepared. prepared. Not prepared at all, and like even the second time around, it was like out of left field, like bitch slap in the face, Vanek, you you suck. <laughs> it really does. Like that is the other thing is that like it just shows how vile Vanek is because you know like I hated Vanek, but to lie to your son and tell them that their mother is dead when you really just ship them off to an asylum, like that is just a whole other level of fun. Also like straight up shipped her to an asylum so he could marry a young, a, mm -hmm. a girl as old yeah. as his son. And take all of her money. And take all of her yeah. money. Like, what? Yes, that was the other thing was like setting it up so he got everything. Oh, it was just, mm. Yeah, like not even wiling him. Uh, and it's like, I know like they, there's like the kind of asides that are like, oh, but he takes such good care of her. He, he buys her all the paints she wants and stuff like that and, and whatever. And it's like. And don't forget music lessons. Oh, no, well, music lessons is his new wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is actually kind of funny. It's like at the beginning, you know, Inej has those moments where she's, uh, there, you know, uh, Vanek is using. Um, oh my gosh, what is the stepmother's name? Alice. Alice, thank you. I knew it started with an A. Uh, he's using, you know, Alice's music teacher's name. I can't for the life of me remember. Uh, you know, to try to 
wheedle away at Enej and and it's like at first uh you know Enej's thought is oh well he it's because he's Suli or whatever but like I mean I also thought like the kid like he was trying to almost like 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 it was almost like in a romantic way maybe um you know it's like we'll, we'll do anything we can even try to hit on her to get her to mm -hmm. talk as if that's somehow gonna work or eat I guess Although I don't know how much you can really starve yourself to lose that much weight to like be able to fit in a smaller space. Like if it was only a couple weeks. I mean, I've I've been you super could, ill and lost like fifteen pounds, but I had fifteen pounds to lose. <laughs> you could lose. You can lose a lot of weight very quickly if you want to. <laughs> it's not healthy, but I mean, I had right. friends who were wrestlers who were and down to. To, 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 they looked so, so thin compared to what they should, mm. even though they, it was horrible. Well, and they, um, they're holding her in a theater. And so the air system there has to be larger. So it might be, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm sure. I'm sure it's, it's, uh, I'm sure it's bigger than like, like the, the vents and everything are, are bigger than like obviously a normal house or whatever. I just, I just mean like, you know, she specifically says that she's starving herself so she can like fit mm -hmm. in them better. And it's like, Ooh, like, I don't even, is it even a couple of weeks? I, I guess it is about two weeks. I, I think he, at the end of, uh, six of crows, he gives them two weeks, uh, also, though, generally, correct me if I'm wrong, but I always assumed that Inej, or I always thought Inej was described as, like, very slim and, like, yeah. tiny and wraith-like. So yeah, exactly. I feel like, you know, the idea that she was able to do that. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm mm -hmm. saying. It seems like, kind of. Well, it just seems like. It seems like she was probably on the very edge of being able to shimmy through a vent, and she's like, "I'm gonna get a couple extra inches." <laughs> From where is, I guess, what I'm just because of the way she was always described. This isn't Nina we're talking about, you know. <laughs> well, but the thing is that she was always described as skinny, but skinny doesn't mean skin and bones. And obviously, like she is, like you know, able to fight and athletic. So I assume yeah. she's probably musculature, musculature. <laughs> she has muscles. Words. <laughs> <laughs> she has muscles, okay, and they're and they're small and lean, and she's and and now she was not eating, and all the muscles dissolved, and then she does a little little curly crawl, and then and she <laughs> basically is a, is a living skeleton at that point. Yeah, it, yeah. Before she was bone, she was muscly bones, and now she is bones. <laughs> she's just bones it's she's all just, just bones, bones all the way down <laughs> bones <laughs> why is this so amusing to me i am so i don't know but i do know that there's there's a there's a small like hot like there's like a four foot tall five, five no probably five foot tall halloween skeleton somewhere in this house and i think next webcast i'm gonna have it just propped on the desk behind or just standing behind me creepily look i've invited enish over well, I I'm feeding her. I'm feeding her some waffles. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever watched One Piece, but all I can think of is Brooke, the like animated skeleton character who just runs around singing "I'm all bones," and that's that's the only thing. That well, she can come to Skelly Night now. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Skelly Night, for those of you who don't know, is a 
skeleton theme night at Ice and Fire Con, which is my Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones convention. Uh, started, <laughs> I want to say like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It started. It, it was. It, it, it start. It started as a joke, and it's become like practically an official event based around a tequila that is literally called Skelly Tequila. But, uh, vile. The good thing. Well, I mean, vile. the good thing is you know, she gains. You know, she, she definitely starts eating again once she does uh, get loose from Vanek. Um, although, just like single handedly brings her waffles like all the time. Like I know, I know Nina's having a rough time right now, but low key, just like that's in my head that that's that's how Enid gets back. Well, I mean, and it's honestly, it's not. I don't want to spoil anything or jump ahead or, or whatever, but you know, just as a note, like it's not really that long though between when they get, um, between when they get. Oh my god! If I could talk, Enid back, and when you know, and then in the end of the book, I think it's only days, so maybe a week. So like, there's actually points later in the book, and this is this is very good, um, you know, just follow through on Lee Bardugo's part where Enid is, you know, doing things or fighting or whatever, and she's saying she still feels weak, um, mm -hmm. you know, from from her time as a prisoner, which is, you know, it's 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 one of those little things that like it probably didn't have to be brought up or included, but it's nice that that the author thought to mention it again. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um. So so other. I mean, other than than Enid's, I, I guess like the leading from from Enid's attempt, at, like failed attempt at escaping, and um, Van X like threats. Uh, you know, to to break her limbs and and whatnot, and and uh, I did really like when they did what they had to do to actually get Inej out. Uh, how they kidnapped pregnant Alice and and poor pregnant Alice. Like, and there, the thing is, like, I saw one of the discussion questions I saw was like whether or not Kaz and the gang are like actually you know bad guys or whatever. And it's no, of course they're not. They're 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 very gray. They're supposed to be. It, like most of them are definitely anti-heroes at best, um, you know, but the fact that they kidnap Alice, but they're being so nice to her and like they're, they're, com they're complaining about her, but it's all like amongst themselves, you know, under their breath and stuff. And, you know, they, they, they treat her really well considering and, and, it, you know, and they bring her, they, they bring her back to Van Eck with no intentions of, of really harming her. Um, even, even Kaz, I don't, think actually would have so i quietly wished for the a twist where alice was just like all right i'm gonna join the crew now seven of crows <laughs> like she's closer to their age group it would have you know been valid but also i know that would have been out of left field and like no way what but like in my weird like headcanon fanfic that i've written i'm like yep she joins them yeah, I mean she's I mean, she's definitely a little vapid for that maybe, but like she's not a bad person. Uh, like everything we hear from Wylan about her, and even when she talks about Wylan, it's very it's all very like friendly and kind, you know. Yeah, she clearly likes Wylan a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, she, she's like, let's be BFFs. You don't have to call me yeah. mom. I acknowledge this is weird. <laughs> like, like straight up, I I kind of. I really like the idea of Alice. I just, I just want her to be free from Vanek McGross face. <laughs> McGross face. Um, well, yeah, the idea that Wyland looks like him. 
we learned some interesting things about how Alice sees things. Although I think that comes out a little bit more in part two. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it does as well. Um, and also some interesting things about the state of her pregnancy, which are hinted at in the first mm -hmm. half of the book. Uh, I think they're only ever hinted at, but we'll we'll get into that next time. Um, but I do. I mean, the 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 whole. Um, how they, how they, I mean, obviously they knew that Vanek wasn't going to just let them, you know, uh, switch off and, and, and not try anything. Um, but the, I, I mean, this, this, that whole situation, the switch off is, is very much like an, a testament to Kaz's ability to read his opponents and, and not necessarily know exactly what they're going to do, but certainly be able to figure out, uh, you know, close enough where he can kind of plan for almost any contingency. Yeah. That was yeah. a great moment I, in the book. Ironically, reading that, I was heavily reminded of the um, book about Ross Perot's rescue of his employees in Iran and how the Green Beret mercenaries he had hired um, did uh, had every contingency to that they would storm the jail if they had to, but they expected that the revolution would storm the jail first, and that they needed to be ready to just whisk them away once the Bastille fell, essentially. So it was like they were planning like eight or nine different options of how to do something for a caper, and I just the two of them just hit me as I read it. But that was one's a true story and one's not. So. I honestly don't. I didn't know about that. I, oh, I, I was so probably kind for of those who don't know. Ross Perot was <laughs> well. He was a crazy, a slightly crazy presidential candidate. Yes, I and, do know who he is. I just didn't okay. know about that. <laughs> yeah. So he owned a company called EDS, and during the Iranian Revolution, um, a number of his employees were taken hostage by sort of the Iranian government, but sort of not the Iranian government. Um, to try to blackmail EDS into paying a lot of money. And when the State Department did absolutely nothing, he's like, well, screw this, and basically hired mercenaries to get his people out of jail. It's an awesome book by Ken. Ken Follett read the, wrote the book. The movie is horse crap. It, 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 it was totally just made up scenes that didn't happen, but the book is really worth reading. It reads what like a thriller. It was also called, oh, both the book and the movie were called On Wings of Eagles. Okay. All right. But I mean, um, I, I honestly, if I can find like a cheap copy of that, I might read it. Yeah. The book was awesome. And um, <laughs> I love, like, I was a history major. I love historical stuff. And I'm oh, sorry. Also, my dogs bark a lot now, like, even more than they used to because there's so many more people in this house. Just FYI. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 being a history major, I love, I love history, but I like, uh, I like knowing about things like books like that that are well written and interesting about more modern history because there's like, you know, what we were taught in, in school and everything doesn't ever get that far. Uh, even in college, I think like my, my, most of my history classes is like, oh, you were lucky if you got through World War II still. Like, how does that, how is that still happening? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh, 
Well, and I mean, and also like, well, I guess the, the another thing is like, assuming that was like a team that was like coming up with all these plans with these different contingencies, Correct. it's again, like, it just speaks to Kaz's like general genius that he is just, cause he doesn't tell his, you know, his team like much of anything. Like he gives them instructions and he gives them the barest Bare of minimum. information. Yeah. And, and it, so it's, it's almost kind of shocking that they so often pull things off the way they do <laughs> like really uh i mean I, I think that is that the only like sort of he heist thing that happens in the first half of this book i mean there's there's them getting into the lawyer's office but that's kind of nothing well they also get alice which is not as big of a like heist thing uh as some of the other things but they do have that beautiful moment where like it's clearly being set up that they're trying to break in to save Inej, but then the reveal happens and it's that they had been planning to get alice out uh yeah yeah that that's definitely the, the reveal there was 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 really good um i mean i i knew it was coming this time and still really, you know, I, I, I was reading it kind of trying to figure out uh, where, wh where there might be a tell, I guess. And mm -hmm. there just really, there really wasn't there, you know, like I knew it was going to happen and it was still like, nope, I, there was no, because uh, there are times, especially on the reread, there were times where I was like, oh, okay, I should have seen that coming. But this, that was one where it was like, no, not really. They're very, like Bardugo is very, very vague, you know, when they get the plant, the, the, paperwork and everything from the lawyer's office and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you really assume they're either going to, I mean, it sounds like they're going to go to the wrong place, but you know, it's cast. So you're like, no, 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 they'll go to the right place. They'll go to the theater. And then in the end, that's not what it's about at all. So. Yeah. I really appreciated that. And that, uh, I, I did not see it coming. You know, you, you, we've gotten to the point where certainly we're like, okay, not everything is going to be as it seems, but I always think of it or usually think of it in terms of like Cass is going to have a, a, a contingency plan. So like, like Vanek has all these things set up, but then Kaz is coming through a different entrance or something. I did what not expect him to be doing it myself. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Kaz has a contingency plan with a tank. Kaz has a contingency plan. <laughs> did you bring the tank? Kaz plans something secret with a tank. I'm not sure <laughs> gave me an expectation, but the expectation was more tanks, less misdirection. <laughs> and the second book like really worked effectively to throw me with that while still being authentic to how Kaz thinks. Yeah. Or how yeah. I thought Kaz should think based off of what I had previously read books are weird man i mean i think we all wish that uh kaz uh, that they'd been able to bring that tank from fierda <laughs> you know just toss it onto the ship it wouldn't it might have been useful <laughs> like straight up in edge driving the tank onto the boat and being like okay it's time to go <laughs> acting like nothing was wrong you just be like yes there's a tank here mm -hmm. let's go mm -hmm. Also, speaking of Unedge, I forgot to mention back when we were originally talking about her kidnapping scene, but, like, the scene where she, like, where Vanek, like, threatens to chop her leg off and, like... Oh, gosh. That, like, fear and, like, her POV there, I think that was, like, the most, like, 
that we've really seen her. Mm-hmm. Like even during oh. like the climb chapter when like her shoes are literally melting off her feet, she's still like chill adjacent versus that one where she's like, okay. Yeah. But, well, yeah, actually, that was one of the... Oh, sorry, Jonathan, go ahead. Well, that was the most cringeworthy scene to me. That was the one where I was... And probably oh, that, like yeah. the only time I was, was like, ooh, is this going to be a George R. R. Martin? Like, they're actually going to chop her leg off. Uh, but oh, wow. then, I, then I remembered even, it's young adults. <laughs> yeah, even, even worse than chop it off, smash it. I feel yeah. like chopping it off, it's like either one would suck, but the smashing would be like so much pain and eventually they'd probably have to remove it anyway yeah. in this world yeah. um but that's that was actually one of the one of the quotes um or maybe not with grisha healers though can it who i think there well i think there's there's still some things that they can't quite fix but also um but also like it would be a timing, it would be a timing thing. Like if he smashes her leg and she's there with this, you know, she's there with it for days before she get, you know, before Nina's there. Well, I guess not well, so much. Nina, Nina wouldn't be the right healer. It would have to be a real healer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so even even if she saw the best Grisha healer that existed, like if it was days or weeks later, it I don't think it would they'd be able to fix them really. Yeah, um, there's nothing to imply that they could fix that level of damage. Yeah. Just because I don't know, man. Smash limbs are gnarly. That that might have been the broiest thing I've ever said out loud. <laughs> Gnarly. Smash limbs are gnarly, man. Tsunami. <laughs> Smash limbs are gnarly and the waves are sick. You should oh, come yeah. to California. <laughs> Dude. As in, like, the waves will make me sick by looking at them. Are you going to take up surfing? Me or Nami? One fear. No. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, so, I mean, when when that was one of the quotes uh that i had highlighted from the first part of the book um was she's talking about how you know kaz had rescued her and their lives have been a series of rescuing each other um but you know then she you know she, and she realized she believed that he would rescue her again you know that he would put aside his greed and everything and come for her and you know but it had been so long that now she's not sure anymore and uh when you know when Van Eck threatens to smash her legs or like I can't remember if it was both legs or just one of them at first, but you know she told him he'll never trade if like he'll never trade me if he for me if you break me, um, and you know the reason why she she believes the reason why he why Van Eck didn't you know why he stopped was because he heard that she was speaking the truth, you know because she does you know, she does actually believe that Kaz would do that, that, you know, or wouldn't, you know, that he wouldn't trade for her, that he wouldn't really rescue her or whatever. Um, you if know, if, if she was ruined, value. if she couldn't, yeah, if she couldn't work for him anymore. Which yeah, that chapter it, made me very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, obviously they've been, they've, they've been, Bardugo has kind of, been setting up like a romance between the two of them, despite Kaz's, uh, you know, 
aversion to to physical touch and everything. Um, so like to to then hear that oh not only uh, yeah to, to 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 it's like no matter how much they care about each other, no matter how much good they've done for each other, she actually has this in the back of her head all the time that if she's not worthwhile to him, you know, as the wraith that he will, you know, let her go, like, like forget about her, like not, not save her again. Uh, it's very, it's very sad. <laughs> yep. And and shockingly, I, I had, I, I, when we, the, when we did six of crows, like I think, for sure the second half, but most of it, I had so many like Matthias quotes that I highlighted for whatever reason, but there's, there's, there's not that many this time. They're, they're kind of a good mix. Um, the first couple I'd highlighted were with, you know, about Inej being in captivity and, and, you know, remembering Kaz's better, terrible truths and kind lies. And, and then realizing like she believed that he would actually forget, a you know, like set her aside if she wasn't useful to him. Um, but uh, Matthias at one point does one. I think this might be the only like straight up Matthias like thought that I highlighted. Um, it's a little bit of an aside, but when Nina was withdrawing from Param, he remembers her saying or asking him like, can you even think for yourself? I'm just another cause for you to follow. First it was your all broom and now it's me. I don't want your cursed oath, you know, his oath to protect her or whatever. And I think that that kind of ties into Kaz and Inej a bit because not that, you know, they, that neither one of them can think for themselves or whatever, but that you, you know, not, and, and maybe not so much that they're causes for each other to, to save or whatever, but it's, it's kind of still along the same vein. If you ask me that they're all kind of attached to each other because of their own, uh, you know, like, like dark pasts and everything. And like, if, if, if they were really thinking for themselves and doing their own things, like Inej kind of wants to do with, with getting a ship and hunting slavers, you know, would they, would they be as attached to, would any of them be as attached to each other? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. like we're all just, we're all so tired today. Um, yeah. Lots of critical analysis. Big, big brain of agree time. Mm-hmm. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, insightful for right now. Uh well, I, the only other Matthias thing that was, I, this is really just something I thought was funny though. So random aside in, in terms of humor, um, you know, Nina, they're, they're in the, they're in like the, the Rav, like little Ravka part of Ketterdam. And she tells him that she tells Matthias that he needs to calm down and try to look friendly. And he like, you know, he kind of is like, oh, okay. And she's like, no, not sleepy, friendly. Like pretend everyone you meet is a kitten. You're trying not to scare. And he's like, animals love me. And she's like, fine, pretend they're toddlers, shy toddlers who will wet themselves if you're not nice. And he says, very well, I'll try. That, that, that just really rang with me because I like animals do love me, but kids not so much. <laughs> it made me giggle. <laughs> you said kittens not or kids no kids kids no animals love me kids not so much <laughs> i i tend to get a 50 50 split no matter what <laughs> for example today my my morning was made even though i was completely and still am completely sleep deprived because i walked into my building and there was a man and he had two large dogs with him 
and they saw me and they went, oh, friend? And I was like, <laughs> friend? It is me, friend. I is friend. I is friend. And uh, like low-key confession, I was going to take the stairs like at least a few flights up, but I got in the elevator because the dogs were there and it would have been a sin <laughs> if I didn't keep petting them. And yeah. well, I, yes, of course, of course. I am weak love. Basically, um, I got to pet dogs. Didn't get to pet children, but that would also be <laughs> that might be that may be a bit, a bit weird. They, they they are germy right now. <laughs> away from the tiny germ. Um. So, uh, did you guys have? I mean, th that was just like a no, like a random aside about Matthias actually being kind of amused. Well. Matthias and Nina, I guess, but Matthias actually being kind of amusing for once. Um, and I guess speaking of Matthias, do do we do any of us like him any more after the first half of this book than we did after Six of Crows? Like, do we see some admirable character growth, even if he's still, you know, obviously we can't totally just forget and forgive and forget his past, but any thoughts on that? He's growing on me at this point. You know, like he, he's still probably one of my least favorite characters, but he's definitely grown on me in the first half over the end of Six of Crows. I felt morally offended that he made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was yeah. incredibly offended that he made me laugh. Yeah. After which I just sort of sat there and made a grouchy face for a bit. <laughs> it was very rude of him. He mm -hmm. really should have. Just like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it's, I mean, I know we, we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, when we were discussing um, Six of Crows, like that, that, yes, we, well, at least uh, Nami and I, and I think Jonathan maybe had even read ahead at this point. So we, we knew that there was character growth to come. Um, which was, was at least for me, it was hard. It was, it was kind of, it's like hard to not let that overshadow, like the ugh feeling I have about him. Not, not that I, you know, fell in love with him or think he's amazing, but he, he, you really do in the, in six of crows, it's very much, it seems like it's all about, it's, it's just about Nina. And like, he doesn't, you know, even then it's like, it's very reluctant. He doesn't, doesn't care about anybody else and even hers it's it's a very reluctant sort of choice you know to choose her over his previous life uh but he definitely is in in in, in cricket kingdom he's definitely trying um mm -hmm. and and it's it's good and i mean that that sort of change takes time no matter what so it's it's you know it's good to see him before I mean, he was I, evil Nazi Iceman, and now he is a slightly melting Iceman. <laughs> well, he's definitely the least interesting character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I forget if you hate him or not. I mean, it's it's just his his journey seems to be the the most linear, without any sort of real interest in following that journey. For me, I mean, it's just not the part of the story that makes excites me. You know made him more compelling if he had his wolf with him or well basically his dog dogs make everybody more likable if he had what if, dog, what if instead of him we just had his wolf <gasps> there we go that's it yeah. I feel like that's but then it could not have been young adults 
<laughs> well, not if, not if his wolf and Nina had something going. <laughs> <laughs> you. This suddenly turned into a furry fic. No, that would be, that would be absolute betrayal. Um, <laughs> I did not expect that from you. How could you do this? What if Matthias and his wolf became one, and they were like a werewolf, and then? They fall in love with Nina, and we just have a whole like new werewolf offshoot. I guarantee you, there's a fanfic of that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> having spoken it aloud, it is now in existence. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm just thinking about werewolf Matthias, and I just. Oh no, when you like when you say now that I've spoken it aloud, it's in existence. What I'm saying is I think that that probably already it would sh it would almost shock me at this point if that did not already exist. <laughs> Werewolf Matthias? Yeah, yeah. Although I you know it does it, it does seem very like obviously, you know, he got lost on the ice and and he never made his way back to his wolf and 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 his wolf had already been released into the wild and everything probably because they thought he was dead and that's what they do with their partner wolves. But like, I don't know, like he, he, Matthias was back in Fierda for a while. Like it would have been cool if his wolf had like made his way back to them and they had, there we go again with seven of crows. I guess if, if you want to count the wolf as like his, his own, you know, member of the gang, the seven of crows that now, now we just want it to be eight of crows. Can we just add Tricell, I think is his name, and Alice onto the pack here? It's no long, it's no, it's a pack now, not a, not a, well, what about a flock or whatever. Also, what we, yeah, we already added Kue and Colm, so we're, oh, yeah, home. yeah, so we're just, we're just, yeah, but there's, there's, I mean, that's why this book couldn't be called six of anything because there's like 25 members now. Whole flock now. Flock of crows. They're a murder. Yeah, no, I know they're a murderer. Murder of honestly, think about murder enough for them already. Like, yeah. Also, um, you'll be happy to know that I did a quick preliminary Google for Werewolf Matthias, and oh, I'm God. happy to announce that it returned no results. And I have never felt more blessed in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're not directly searching on AO3. Yeah, no. What, I, John what Jonathan? There oh, something, something for, for me you to, to write. write? Oh, God. <laughs> if only I had time for fanfic. <laughs> if only I cared about Matthias enough to write this. Maybe one of our mini fans will write that fanfic. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. I will. I will friend who is obsessed with Matthias. I'm sure we have like one or two that, are, that listen to us. Maybe one of them will write it. <laughs> Matthias fan in the middle there. We definitely have some because we, we get a couple dozen views at least per more than that per per episode so and also i i don't know if i have access to the podcast statistics i haven't even tried to look but honestly we might get more downloads than we do people watching a live webcast which is kind of how i've in in the past i've on my personal stuff i've i've definitely the, the live webcast personally they're way more fun for me but uh you know, people just tend to want yeah. to listen to podcasts when they're driving and stuff, I suppose. I well, if you're listening and you enjoy writing fan fiction, feel free to write about Werewolf Matthias. Or if you like to drawing it. art, this is the one. Yes, yes. also a great. That I, will oh, I would love here. to see Werewolf Matthias <laughs> as art. 
Also, remember, we love growth in this house. And if you want to write a Werewolf Matthias AU, I will accept it as long as he as long as he has an actual progression of character development and follows through with it. <laughs> instead of yeah. being like, I'm good now. Peace. We out. Yep. <sighs> Uh, yes, you're right. Then I mean, in in the the end conclusion is Matthias would be far more interesting if he had his wolf with him, or was a werewolf, <laughs> or I was mean, a werewolf. Yes, I mean, I think with his wolf might have might not have been as good as getting another wolf. I don't know. I mean, because it's so it would have been preposterous for him to find his wolf again. It's just but like they share finding another wolf or stealing like... a wolf. But John, they save them. They they have a magical bond. Okay, it's like, like, like their ice god commands it, and he was like, "I bequeath unto you, my weird Nazi son, a wolf for you to be Nazi bros with." And the wolf is like, "Oh, you are my bro." And the man is like, "You're yep, my bro, my bro." <laughs> Look in, in a song of ice and fire. Direwolves show up all over the place. It's not that much of a stretch for Matthias's wolf to show up. Yeah, uh, I mean, Arya runs into Nymeria again and stuff. Yeah, I'm not a wolf. I have not experienced wolf senses. For all we know, they might just be able to smell out their human from across countries, and that's just something that all wolves yeah. can do. Science. Look, I watched a documentary called um, Homeward Bound, and these dogs... <laughs> Tracked across so much uh, of a journey, and they made it home. And so that clearly can happen. Have you have you seen have you seen the less amusing and uh, far more documentary like version of Homeward Bound called The Incredible Journey? No, oh, a long time Is ago. It it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, no, I, I mean, I well, since you've seen Homeward Bound, you know what happens. So no, okay. uh, it's 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 different looking dogs and a different looking. It's a Siamese cat instead of a Himalayan cat. Um, the difference being mm -hmm. they have the same exact coloring, but Siamese are short hair and Himalayan cats mm -hmm. are long hair. Um, so yeah, it, it, and it's 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 they don't talk. They don't talk. The whole thing is, is yeah, because it, it was made in like the 60s, maybe 70s. Uh, it, it's, um, it, it is, it feels very documentary-ish because it's, it's just uh, narrated. The whole thing is mm -hmm. narrated. You know, this guy t telling you what cat and the dogs are doing and everything. It's, it's, I, I mentioned to, to Dean, um, I don't know, sometime earlier in our relationship, we got to talking about things and I somehow mentioned this movie and how I hadn't seen it in a million years. And I had this whole sob story about how my family's house was robbed when I was like seven or eight years old and they stole our VCR and the tape, the VHS tape that was in it was our VHS tape of The Incredible Journey. Um, and this is like back when it was like, they didn't really make uh, they didn't really make movies as like home movies. So I think we had like recorded it off the TV or something like, before you could really buy a VHS for like a normal amount of money in a store. Um, so, so uh, Dean found it on like eBay or something oh, <laughs> and like yes. gave it to me as like a gift. And I was like, Oh, a plus and then we, wa and then we watched it and I was like, Oh wow, this is, there's some nostalgia here, but this is not what I like. It's not as good as I remember. <laughs> oh my God. 
also, you know, speaking of dog science from movies, um, <laughs> science dog movies dictate that if anything had happened to his wolf, his wolf would have, according to a dog's purpose, reincarnated into another wolf and still been able to find him. That's 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 how it works, apparently. So says so says movie science. So says the dog's purpose, which is very, very depressing. Oh my god, yeah. Let it be known I haven't actually watched that movie and I would never watch that movie. I have only heard it mentioned on a podcast in which the whole discussion was, why does this exist? Oh, I went to the movie theater to see something or other, like not long after I lost my dog, Wendy, and there was a no. uh, preview for that movie for the for the second movie just a preview for the second movie because somehow there's a second a dog's purpose movie and i was like sobbing i'm like i'm like i gotta go to the bathroom or something like, i'm gonna miss the beginning of whatever like the pikachu movie or something <laughs> why why would they make one of those much less a second one do they just just like someone watches them crush your heart them. yeah some someone someone enjoys that sort of uh torture <laughs> I mean, um, like sharknado eight or something like that yeah but at least those are funny <laughs> they're they're like they're like so bad they're good this is just sad and sad and sad it's like the horse movies where the horse dies like why would you why why yes, well not, let's not go too. let's not dig too deep into things dying right now um <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so completely bad segue, but, uh, we only, we wanted to keep this about an hour tonight. Um, especially cause again, we don't want to spoil anything or, or get into anything too deep from the second half of the book. But, uh, I think the, the main theme of the first half of this book is a little bit of a carryover from the very end of six of crows, that being daddy issues uh you know we've got we've got jesper and his amazing father who he's just screwed over and like his father's still like but jesper i love you what's wrong well, and then was, that got was that daddy issues or is that child issues oh no that's child issues i would <laughs> I, I i was i was using that to to because we see a lot of jesper's uh, relationship with us or we see the the two people we get most of the input from um, on Jesper and his father's relationship are Jesper himself, obviously, and Wylan. And, you know, Wylan, you know, has to see like calm and, and, and how good he is to Jesper and how much he cares and everything. Um, and meanwhile, of course, as we find out at the very end of the first half, uh, his dad told him his mother died, but really he just hit her away in an asylum, you know, but then also, um, you know, uh, we, there, there's there's several passages that are just so like heartbreaking uh you know, when when van Eck tells wyland like i'll i'll i treat you no more harshly than the world will and and wyland's response to that and this is a very this is very much like a trauma response um and and an abuse you know survivor response is like you know yeah who else would be so honest with me who else loves me loves me enough to tell me the truth like yeah my dad is cruel but you know, he's, he's protecting me as well as himself and, and the Vanek empire. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I, I just, I, this, this again speaks to Lee's, uh, she, she is just very, very good at, you know, writing these sorts of 
I, she's just very, she, she, this isn't the first time she's shown us an abusive relationship and, and done it in a just, it's, it's, it's heart wrenching and awful, but also it's heart wrenching and awful because it's true. I mean, as somebody who had a father who like used to tell me and, and, and not that my dad was super abusive, but like I would get like an A minus and his response was there's room for improvement, you know? Uh, I, I never knew what like praise was from my father. So, uh, it's, it's, it's very, and then of course at the end to find out, oh my God, like not only is Van Eck like just like a terrible dad, you know, it's like, oh, he's like nice to Alice, but he's nice to Alice after he shipped his first wife away and all. So, yeah, I think that line was like definitely the moment where I was, where I transformed from, ah, yes, look at, look at this, uh, look, look at this small boy. All right, cool. We shall protect him. And this was the moment where I was like, I shall protect him. I must be <laughs> safe. And yeah, let it be known that I'm adopting all the crows, except for Matthias. <laughs> I will put him on probation. Fair. I'll, I'll give him visitation, right, I'll, re visitation rights from the orphanage until he proves himself. <laughs> Good plan. Um, but yeah, I, 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 and yes, no, the Colm, the Colm thing is definitely, these are Jesper's issues and it's very, it's very depressing again to see how Jesper's. It's very sad, honestly, to see Jesper's relationship with his father. Cause it's one of those examples of like, even if people try their hardest, you still might always work for a person yeah and it's really obvious that colm is a good man and a good father and like just like very adorable good bean want to squish his cheeks and because i'm a whole ass adult i'm sitting here crushing on comb fahey instead of like the children because i they, they are my children and obviously <laughs> I crush on their father right <laughs> but so like straight up i just i feel bad for both of them and i just i just i wish to shake jesper and put him in like uh, i don't know gambling gamblers anonymous and be like your father loves you it's okay baby and then i wish to just also shake comb and be like your son is an idiot but that's okay you can <laughs> worry about it you also well, get along to be fair colm to be fair colm is not colm is not perfect um there yeah. was definitely yeah, some of the, you know, some of the information we got about his relationship with Jesper's mom and how he wanted her to hide, you know, that she was Grisha um, mm -hmm. and, and everything. It's like, and of course he only wanted her to do it for her safety. And, and, you know, I think, I don't know if they knew at that point that Jesper also had, had, you know, yeah, from what my understanding was, I don't think he ever really like solidly knew that. I sort of took it as a like an Aditi, Aditi kind of like hid that ish. Yeah, or like rather didn't hide it, but didn't also say, "Hey, check this out." But was mostly like, eh, "We'll just we'll just not talk about it. It'll be fine." It's one of those things that like it's like he was so definitely wrong for doing it. But like, I just, I feel bad for him because it like very much came from a place of like, I need to protect my family and it's dangerous. Well, no, and that's the thing. Nobody can be perfect. Like, oh, that's the part that sucks so bad. And I'm just like, I just want them to be happy. Yeah. Happy family. 
But it, I mean, that's the thing, though. It, it would be unrealistic, honestly, for yeah. Colm to just be the perfect father who like oh, sweeps no. swoops in to like save his son and everything. Like, and and the the fact that him, you know, wanting his mom to hide her powers simply to protect their family was like the worst thing about him. Like, it, I, I love him so much. I'm like, I'm like, if this is your worst characteristic, like, fuck yeah, we'll take it. Like, thank you. <laughs> Also, also, Loki, could you imagine if Crooked Kingdom was just Colm showing up and being like, ah, children, I shall adopt all of you and everything is now fixed. Come live on my farm. My, was it a Yerda farm? Or, I don't know what kind of, I can't remember what kind of farm it was. Come live on my farm in yeah, what? the Wandering Isle or wherever they were from. Uh, Novizem. Oh, there are you know he's okay. He he's but Colm is Kalish. That's why I was thinking. Yeah, Colm is from the. Is that supposed Ireland? to be Ireland? Yes, it's very much supposed to be yeah. Ireland. It. I think the funniest thing about like so like headcanons about Colm and him meeting Jasper's mom and like basically like headcanon that he goes to Novi Zem and just is horrifically sunburned all the time. <laughs> because she like finds him sunscreen and is like look at this dumb or like tomato man <laughs> well and he definitely like pursued her for like a long while too um like it seems like he was constantly like but i like you be with me and she was like eh. but he eventually wore her down which isn't that how life always works or something i imagine him i imagine him Ooh having to wear her down not because it's one of those like oh my god stupid man i'll just give in type of things but it's like no i don't him, and he was horrifically sunburned and she was like what is this ugly cre lobster creature and then eventually he gained you know a real person's skin tone that wasn't just burnt and she was like oh, okay so he is handsome all right okay we can dig this yeah, I don't imagine that Colm was like wearing her down in that like creepy man way. I, I imagine he was just kind of there and offering himself and you Romantic know like, lobster with flowers. Yeah, yeah. And and eventually, you know, she was like, All right, yeah, I've I've put it off, but I do like this guy. I mean, you know, that does happen. Also, you know, since we are here, if somebody can draw me like art of Colm as a lobster. <laughs> I <laughs> this is fine. I'm really good at brain thoughts today, y'all. You're so good at them. We are. So this is what sleep decoration gives you. Werewolf yeah. Matthias, lobster comb. Yeah, I feel that. I'm I'm literally physically on West Coast time in terms of where I exist in the world right now, but my body, like I, my work schedule and my body are still East Coast time, so I'm I my I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I haven't are had to get up really working like 5 a.m. to 2 I, in the afternoon. Now. Like like 6, I get up at 6 and and work until until I'm done, which really is at least 3, but like yesterday it was like 4:15. Today it was three thirty. You know, it, it depends on what I have to do. Which is well, that's the, the same. danger of getting up early. Well, I mean, it's the work. same way that my job has always <laughs> worked. So it's it, like I I I used to roll out of bed and start my workday like minutes later at eight thirty in the morning. But like I I would work until seven o'clock at night. So, but anyway, so we're we are uh, like right at an hour, which is like I 
we discussed beforehand we wanted to keep this particular mm -hmm. episode right in our because again like and it's already been so difficult to not spoil the second mm -hmm. half of this book and this is like the end so of the of the six of crows uh duology here so we're gonna have so much to talk about two weeks from now like so much uh but oh, for yeah. now uh do you guys have any last thoughts about the first half of this book about anything we've talked about um before we uh close up for the evening <laughs> Nami's just lobster. For, for those listening to this as a podcast, Nami is making lobster claw. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That reminds, me of the, that reminds me of one of the strangest movies I've ever seen in my life called The Lobster. And I won't say it's good because I didn't like it at all. But, um, oh, it's so good. I loved it. Oh, you loved The Lobster? Yeah. You understood that movie? <laughs> I don't even know yeah. what this is. Also, well, all this is reminding me of is the crab rave video and it's just a bunch of crabs dancing on an island i mean they're not really dancing they're just being crabs but somebody set them to music and <laughs> oh god all right well we will be we will be back two weeks from today which god help me i don't know what the date is right now the 27th we'll be back on the 27th to close out crooked kingdom expect a slightly lengthier episode i'm sure because wow are we gonna have a lot to talk about for those of you who have actually finished reading the book um yeah there's there's just so much that happens that Nobody wants to spoil that right now. So uh, y'all have a lovely evening. It was very good talking to you about Grishaverse again, because it's been, I mean, it's been almost a month since we talked about yeah. Grishaverse. So this was lovely to see you all back and we'll see you in two weeks to finish off Crooked Kingdom. And then we have more Grishaverse after that. So, oh, check out um, sagasandsass.com for our Grishaverse schedule, which will run through April uh, due to the show being released in April. And then um, we're right now we're, we're, we've been talking about doing the red rising series next. There's always a possibility that might change, but if it does, it'll, it'll change sooner rather than later. So have a lovely night, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.